Hello, everybody, and welcome to our broadcast. My name is Jake McGrail. Alongside me are Corey Branson and Nico Roselli of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. And this is our final show of the calendar year. <laughs> oh, no. It is very sad. But we are going to be looking back at the biggest moments of 2019 from each sport. In some cases, that'll mean stuff from last school year. For others, that'll mean stuff from just a few weeks ago. Also, over the course of the year, we ran 12 interviews with Thunderbird athletes. And as we make our way through the different sports, we will mention when each of those interviews took place. So you can go back to our archives and check them out if you missed them. And let's jump right into it. We'll start it off with a little bit of baseball. UBC Baseball had a solid 2019 as they went to respectable 22-9 and in NAIA West play. In the playoffs, they made it to the California Pacific Conference Championship Final, but they lost to the nationally ranked Antelope Valley. At Nationals, they beat Huntington in their first game before losing to defending champs Southeastern and number 12 ranked Middle Georgia State. Yeah, we had an ace pitcher this year that was Niall Windler, and he played like a star throughout the calendar. As he led the conference in strikeouts by a wide margin, he was named co-pitcher of the year alongside Lewis Clark State's Tyler Birch, and he was drafted by the Minnesota Twins in the 19th round of the 2019 MLB Draft. Congratulations, Niall. Yeah, big congrats over to Windler for getting drafted. One of a few Thunderbirds to be picked in the MLB Draft over the years. Jackson Valk also had a strong year as he was top 10 in both batting average at 290 and slugging percentage at 478. And he was fifth in RBIs as well with 36. Relief pitcher Barry Kane was another notable player as he was second in the conference in ERA at three and first in opponent's batting average at just 174, while Windler was second at 190. Very impressive for a starting pitcher. Uh, Kane was also tied for second in saves in the conference at four. Highlight of this season so far, an 8-2 win over Tokyo University at Nat Bailey Stadium in the opening game of the inaugural Collegiate Baseball Classic. Tokyo and Keio University joined UBC and Sacramento State in the week-long tournament, which was the first time Japanese universities ever played on Canadian soil. I remember covering that, and was, that was so much fun. And I remember Sacramento State actually has a local boy on their team, <laughs> Stephen Moretto. Yeah, he uh, mm-hmm. came back and did us dirty. Sacramento <laughs> State beat us up in that game. Was, yeah, was no love see. lost. They, no love. They got a good program over there. We'll give it to them. Yeah, and then back on April 3rd at the... Well, not at the end of last season, but at the end of our time last semester doing these shows. I interviewed both Niall Windler and Jackson Velk live here in the studio. That was a lot of fun, so you can check that out in the archives. Just a quick heads up. I think one of them is a Yankees fan, so we're, we're, we're just going to mention that. I forget which one it was, but... It was one of them. It was one of them. (laughs) Moving on to softball. The softball team had a rough season last year with an overall record of 12-27 and and a 15-game losing streak to end the year. Despite that, they still managed to grab the conference's last playoff spot, though they lost both their postseason games. Yeah, year started off pretty well. They got a post uh, preseason trip to Hawaii, and they started conference play five and one. Unfortunately, after that point, the wheels sort of fell off, and they went three and seventeen from that point on. Yeah, that that's tough. I don't know how they got that's a tough. playoff spot. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> there, was, there were three teams worse than them out of I think ten or eleven in the conference. Okay. It as was, long as you make it in. Yeah. yeah. Anything can happen. Exactly. Anything can happen. Outfielder Claire Eccles was named to the all-conference first team. She hit 362, won a gold glove as well. She was joined on that first team by Casa Courtney, who hit 361 and led the team with 31 RBIs. 
Rookie Mia Volk was an honorable mention at the All-Conference Awards as she hit 333 and was second on the team in RBIs with 18 and runs scored with 25. The Thunderbirds were also given the CCC's Team Sportsmanship Award. I, I could not find out what the criteria for that award is, but we want it. Congrats. So, <laughs> good, you, good stuff. They were great sports about the whole thing, right? It's just... <laughs> You kind of have to be when you lose 15 straight games, Oh, I think. Uh, anyways, <laughs> on April 10th, Jacob interviewed Claire Eccles in our first video interview. Uh, you can check that one out in our archives, and that one is also on YouTube. You know, we talk all the time about the we only interview champions, the Thunderbird Eye bomb, that sort of stuff. Do we have to take credit for interviewing Claire Eccles, and then from that point on, the team just sucked? <laughs> Anyway, on to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> on to basketball. Uh, men's team, looking back at last spring, the they had a very strong season. They finished second in Canada West before earning silver in the conference playoffs and qualifying for nationals for the first time since 2016. Unfortunately, they lost to Dalhousie in the quarterfinals before rebounding to take fifth place. They have started the season this season well at 8-2 and two, with the only losses coming against still undefeated Calgary, who have now won over 40 straight conference games, getting back two seasons. I just want to say as well, if you folks are interested in the whole Dalhousie-UBC conflict, <laughs> check back in some of our shows at the end of that last semester. back in January. It was a conspiracy, I swear. Yes, Jake is still on this. <laughs> I know uh, nothing about this, putting that out there. <laughs> we'll fill you in later. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, 2019 has been the year of the transfers for the Thunderbirds. Jaden Cohey and Manroop Claire came in last season, and Zach Moore joined in the fall. All three of them are starters now and have been big players for the team. Including playoffs, the Thunderbirds had a combined record of 22-6 and over the calendar year. Their biggest win was their first game of 2019 as they beat UBC Okanagan 100-29. to That's tough. That's pretty good. That's, <laughs> that is very tough. <laughs> I, re- I remember I made sure we referenced that a few weeks ago before... Thunderbirds played UBC Okanagan again. I had to make sure it's referenced again just because that's crazy. Yeah, they I, only, I can't get over that. They only beat them 112 to 57 you yeah, know, in the time, last series. Just <laughs> they got worse this year. Chump change. And uh, though they lost in the Canada West Final to Calgary last season, it was their best conference finish since they won gold back in 2013. And their fifth place finish at Nationals was tied with 2016 for their best finish since they won bronze back in 2011. Back on April 17th, Liz interviewed Jonah Morrison, and that interview actually took place in Mandarin. Uh, so if you're fluent in that language, please check that one out. Also in both our archives and on YouTube. And the YouTube video has subtitles as well if you do not speak that language. And 2019, not as successful for our women's basketball team. Though they made the Canada West playoffs, they were upset at home by Winnipeg in the wild card round. They've returned everybody from last season's team for another year, adding a couple rookies, and they currently sit fourth in Canada West at 7-3, and three, ending 2019 with a nice five-game win streak. This year, Keelan Filowich has really taken the reins. After leading the team in scoring last season, she stepped up again. She's currently third in Canada West in scoring with 19.5 points per game, with the second-best field goal percentage at 57%. She's the only player in the top five of both categories, and she's also tied for first in the conference in rebounding, 10.1 rebounds per game. Yeah, Blonde Shack. I've been saying. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and she was also named Canada West Female Athlete of the Month for December, ending 2019 on a high note. Definitely deserves that, averaging a double-double for the whole month and for the whole season so yeah. far. No, she's been amazing so far. Start to the season is made more impressive by the fact that Maddie Penn has played just 19 minutes so far. She just came back from a back injury, but if she can be reintegrated well, 
Only good things to come. Exactly. And we got a month break now, so hopefully she can get back close to 100%. And back on March 20th, I interviewed Penn about her career at UBC to that point. So yeah. you can check that just out. To, just to put into perspective about Maddie Penn, she averaged a double-double last year. So you add that into the lineup again, good things are bound to happen. Also a quick note, um, Keelan Filowich post-game interview. I did my first one, got to do it with Keelan, and that was on last week's show. Yes, so it was. Please check that one out. Congratulations, Nico. Thank you. <laughs> the rookie stepped up. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into cross-country now. UBC cross-country team finished 2019 strong with both men's and women's teams meddling at the Canada West Championship and the women winning gold for the second straight year. The two teams were led by two outstanding runners, Kieran Lum on the men's side and Nicholas Simmons on the women's. Yes, starting off 2019 with a bang, the men's team performed very well at the Emerald City Open in Seattle, Washington. They secured second place overall with three runners finishing in the top 10. The women's side only entered three runners, so they didn't qualify for a team score, but Sienna Lalonde finished third in her first race as a Thunderbird. They struggled a little in the middle part of the season with the men's and women's team finishing 8th and 10th at the Minnesota Roy Gryak Invitational, and the men's team then finishing 9th at the Western Washington University Classic. Yep, they did bounce back in the playoffs, so Simmons led the women's team to gold at the conference championships, was named Canada West Female Runner of the Year. The men's team also won bronze at that event. Yeah, then at Nationals, Kieran Lum stole the show by winning the men's 10K, the first Thunderbird ever to do so. He was named the U Sports Male Runner of the Year. That was the team the Thunderbirds men's team finished fourth overall, and the women's team finished sixth. Moving now on to field hockey. It was a weird season for our women's field hockey team. They won their first two games against Calgary, and then they had one loss and five draws in their last six games, which meant they finished second behind Victoria for the second straight year, and they did not qualify for the national championship game. Yeah, field hockey is a bit of an odd sport, as there's only 10 teams in U Sports, 7 in the OUA, and 3 being UBC, UVic, and Calgary in Canada West. The winner of each conference plays each other for the national championship. Given that Calgary hasn't won Canada West since 1974, the head-to-head matchups between UBC and Victoria decide who wins this conference. The Thunderbirds went 0-1-3 against the Vikes this year, drawing 0-0 twice at home in September before drawing 2-2 and losing 1-0 on the road in October. Poor one out for Calgary. <laughs> 45 years. They don't need it. They win in everything else. 45 years without <laughs> a title in a three-team conference. <laughs> That, that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> this is actually the first time UBC's gone two years without winning Canada West since 1994 and 1995, and the first time they've gone two years without winning the national championship since 2007 and 2008. So this is a historic drought for this women's field hockey team two years now. What has happened to the state of this program? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Now, the men's field hockey team last season finished sixth in the Vancouver Men's Field Hockey League at just four, seven, and three. But this season, they're currently second at 10 and two, just two points back in first place. And that is all we have because they aren't a varsity team. They don't give us any updates at all. They don't even post anything on their section of the UBC website. You have to go to the Vancouver Men's Field Hockey League website to find anything about this team. So, yeah. We can move on now. <laughs> we, we showed them some love. We can move on. <laughs> Let's jump into the world of hockey. Looking back at how the men did this year, nothing really jumps off the page in terms of standout performances. They finished fourth in Canada West last season with a record of 14-12-2 and lost to Mount Royal in a best-of-three quarterfinal showdown. Unfortunately, the start of this season has not gone to plan, with UBC losing their last four games and currently sitting out of a playoff spot at seventh in Canada West standings. 
at four, nine, and three. The three players who led the team in scoring last season, Carter Popoff, Tyler Sandu, and Austin Vetterell, still lead them this season. The issue is that Vetterell's team leading 12 points isn't even half of conference leader Matt Alfaro's 26. A bit of an offensive regression in that regard. I mean, the team leader has 12 points in 16 conference games. That's not that great. The offense has really struggled for a lot of the season, and goalie Ryland Toth has seen a safe percentage drop from 909 last season to 894 this season, which is just eighth out of 11 qualified goalies in the conference. So on both ends, Thunderbirds just struggling so far. It's been tough, but one nice highlight this year came in the preseason, actually, when UBC hosted the Wisconsin Badgers in a two-game series. Their first time the Thunderbirds faced NCAA opposition in six years. They did lose both games, but they were going up against a star-studded team that boasted three former first-round picks in Ke'Andre Miller, New York Rangers, Alex Turcotte from the LA Kings, and Cole Caulfield, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, definitely it's some tough opposition to go up against. And looking ahead, Thunderbirds will be having their annual Winter Classic very soon after winter break on January 17th against Manitoba. So make sure to get your tickets for that, and hopefully that big, energizing event can hopefully get this team going in 2020. Exactly. And now let's look at the women. The women outperformed the men this year, both in terms of standing placement and playoff performance. They finished third in Canada West with a record of 20-12 and 12 last season and won their quarterfinal matchup in convincing fashion against Regina by a combined score of 10-1. to 1. They did not fare as well in the semis where they lost consecutive games on the road in Manitoba. Like the men, they ended 2019 with four consecutive losses and now sit in fourth at the midway mark of the season. Yeah, Tori McLash, she broke the program record for conference wins this season. She's got 42, and she's still picking up more every single week. She leads Canada West in shutouts with five to go along with a 165 goals against average and a 919 save percentage. Yeah, what a beast. Pretty darn good. It's going to be real sad when she graduates. (laughs) Uh, The team also held their first ever Winter Thunderland event on November 30th, which was centered around community engagement, included a lot of fun activities outside the game itself and though they lost to Alberta that night hopefully this can be another fun annual event moving forward to add to the calendar of different UBC Thunderbirds uh, events. After a very strong start to the season where UBC was temporarily first in Canada West the Thunderbirds scored just one goal in their final four games of the calendar year and I think the game before that they only had one. Yeah they only had one. Right? So it's it was tough. Just, I think it was three straight shutouts then the year just it was just tough. Yeah, one player to watch out for to hopefully break out in the second half of the season is Ashley McFadden. As a rookie last year, she was second on the team in scoring with eight goals and eight assists. She has had a slow start to the season with just three goals and two assists. Hopefully she can break out in the new year. Yeah, we're going to look at golf now, starting with the men's team. The Thunderbirds men's golf team came into 2019 firing on all cylinders, having finished no worse than tied third as a team in any tournament in the fall of 2018. They were then promptly shellacked in three state tournaments before the ship was righted somewhat to finish off the season. Expectations were tempered this fall after losing some key players to graduation, though the young guns have still turned out solid performances, including a victory in Woodburn, Oregon to kick off the year. Yeah, after their three humbling defeats in California last year, UBC bounced back. They claimed the team title at the Corbin Invitational and then dominated the CCC Championship, winning the competition by 53 strokes as Andrew Harrison took home individual honors. Harrison later pulled out a playoff win against Western to lead UBC to a win at the Canadian University Championship, so they were able to end the season strong. Yeah. 
This season has a very different look as both Harrison and Zahid Ali Matthew left the program. Ethan DeGraff had a fantastic start by winning individual honors at both the first two tournaments, though he slowed down somewhat since. To finish off 2019, UBC posted back-to-back runner-up team performances before a sixth-place finish at the NAIA National Preview in Mesa. With Logan Carver as the only senior on the team now, the team is betting on youth coming through in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, that's a theme with both of our golf teams. A lot of young players on this team, so hopefully they can really be good for a few years in a row with the same core. Yeah, and I think with the men's team, we're sort of expecting more development to come along with them. When it comes to the women's team, they're there. (laughs) We don't need it. We are here. We are a dynasty. (laughs) So let's talk about this women's team. It's hard to overstate the immense success that they have enjoyed in 2019. No number does their dominance more justice than this one. 11 tournaments played, 9 tournaments won. Besides a couple of learning experiences against NCAA Division I squads, the team never took the pedal off the gas and completed a clean sweep of victories in the CCC Championship, NAIA Championship, Canadian University Championship, and Canada West Championship. Hats off to them. That's that's a lot of championships. That's that's the kind of mentality that we <laughs> encourage at Thunderbird Eye. Winning mentality. UBC, they started off 2019. They finished 11th at the Gunrock Invitational over in Sacramento. After that, they caught fire. In succession, they won the Grandview Battle at Prim, Corbin Desert Intercollegiate, the Corbin Invitational, and then, as Corey mentioned, the championships of the CCC, NAIA, and Canadian universities. Yeah, individually, Esther Lee... Twice, Kate Johnston and Avril Lee won the first four of those six tournaments. Across all six, UBC golfers finished in the top five 13 times. And there was no tournament where Thunderbird did not either win or place as a runner-up. Yeah, Avril Lee graduated over the summer, but the core of the team has remained more or less intact this season, and it's really shown. The Thunderbirds won their 7th, 8th, and ninth straight tournaments, including the Canada West Championship this fall, before the streak ended again against NCAA Division I opposition in Hawaii. That was in October. Johnston, similar to Carver, is the only senior on the roster, so hopefully we will see more of the same success in 2020. And though the streak ended against those NCAA Division One teams, as you mentioned, it's a learning experience. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> we might as well just not even count it. Yeah. <laughs> They're still on a streak, right? Yeah. Patrick yeah. Cantlay, one of like the top 10 golfers in the world, his sister you know, like is the one who's beating all of them. That's fine. It's, we, we'll take that. We can live with it. Yeah. Then uh, back on March 13th, Corey had the opportunity to interview Esther Lee, who at the time was in the middle of her incredible rookie season. So you can check that out in our archives. And before we get back to talking about more championships, we're going to have to take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. Is school stressing and is campus safety concerning you? Join UBC Tai Chi Club to de-stress and learn self-defense. Simply search UBC Tai Chi Club on Facebook to receive notifications about our lessons. See you there. Hey there. Farev. We're the Armenian Students Association, and we're here to bring together everyone, Armenians and non-Armenians, who are interested in learning about the Armenian culture here at UBC. Find us on Facebook at ASAUBC to stay up to date. We look forward to seeing you at our future events. 
Hello and welcome back to Thunderbird Eye. Very quick ad break because we have a lot more to talk to, starting with rowing. Our Thunderbird rowing teams continued their winning ways in 2019, both men's and women's repeating as national champions. The men's team also set a new U-Sports record by winning their fourth consecutive national title. Yeah, the men's team cleaned up at the Western Canadian University Rowing Championships in October. That is a mouthful. Winning seven (laughs) of the nine events. It was a lot closer at Nationals as they just edged out Western by the slimmest of margins. It was the program's sixth national championship all time, which ties them with Western and UVic for the most of any school. Mike Pierce was named U Sports Coach of the Year for the second year in a row. Yeah, the women's team also won the Western Canadian University Rowing Championships, winning five of the nine events and taking the overall win in the final race by beating the Vikes. Story was the same at Nationals, where it was a two-horse race between UBC and our rivals in UVic. And it was the Thunderbirds again who pulled out a close win, taking four of the six events. They also did it without both Christina Walker and Claire Brillen, who were invited to the Canadian Olympic camp. Congratulations to them as well. Yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing a few Thunderbirds in different sports at the Olympics in uh, 2020. That'd be yeah. cool. It'd be really cool. Let's move on to rugby, starting with the men's. The men's, rug- men's rugby continues to be dominant as they finished last season 18-5 and overall. So far this season, they've gone 9-2 and and are second in Premier League play at 7-1. and Yeah, they won the Whiteman boot against rivals UVic back on January 12th by a score of 28-23. to They then split the Rugby World Cup Series against American powerhouse Cal Berkeley by winning 28-24 to at home in the second leg to take the overall win on point differential. And the Thunderbirds, they actually won two Whiteman boots this year as this season's clash against UVic came in October instead of January, and UBC won 20-22. to The Thunderbirds played in the World University Rugby Invitation Tournament in Tokyo in September, an awesome opportunity for them. They were the only team from the Western Hemisphere in the tournament, and they actually went 2-3 and three overall, which wasn't half Not bad. Not too bad. There were some really good schools there. Yeah. I believe UBC lost... 40 to nothing i think it was cape town yeah and cape town had something stupid like a plus 200 point differential in five That's games insane. or whatever <laughs> oh my goodness they're, they're just they're just wrecking fools out there <laughs> and finally just a few weeks ago the thunderbirds went to montreal to defend their two-time canadian university men's rugby championship title but fell just short in the final against victoria losing 21 to 20 on a missed convert as time expired that's as tough as possible of a way to lose right there. That's you had tough. you had the missed convert for the championship to make it three in a row, and you lose to Victoria. Which just adds insult to, to injury. Victoria. Victoria. As I stare at Corey. As we both stare at Corey. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the better team won. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Anyways, we'll move on to the women's. Meanwhile, the women's side continued to improve in 2019. Although they just went 3-2 and two in regular season play, they had some impressive victories and a great postseason. Yeah, they split the season series against Victoria, who are usually right up there in Canada West, including a 32-12 to win at home late in the season. They carried that momentum into the playoffs, where they won the Canada West Championship for the very first time, beating three-time defending champs Calgary in the final. Amazing result. Congratulations. This meant they went to Nationals, and though they lost both games there, the team has shown a lot of growth since Coach Dean Merton took over in 2018. Winning, winning Canada West Bronze last year and the conference title this year. 
Eric Thompson conducted back-to-back interviews with the women's rugby team in the fall with Emma Feldinger on October 3rd and Canada West MVP Shoshana Sumanatafa on October 10th. Yeah, Sumanatafa led Canada West in both tries and converts, was a great player for this team, and she wasn't even a senior, so she'll be back next year, which is great news. Gotta love that. And talking about championships, <laughs> yeah. 2019, a pretty good year for our women's soccer team as just over a month ago, they won the national championship for the countrywide record seventh time. They finished just third in the Canada West standings at 8-2-4, and four, but they rode an elite defense to playoff glory. Yeah, last season, the Thunderbirds scored 41 goals in 17 games. That's 2.5 per game this season they scored 30 goals in 21 games which is only 1.4 per game but still 29 players scored more than three goals in Canada West play the Thunderbirds only had one of them Alyssa Hunt who scored six which was tied for 10th in the conference standings yeah they won off the back of their defense which conceded just 10 times all season in their seven Canada West and Nationals postseason games they conceded just once they won five of those seven games one nil Defense wins championships. Definitely proven true right there. Their only postseason loss came against Calgary in the Canada West Final, which ended one to nothing. The two teams faced off again in the national championship game, and the Thunderbirds took it with a one nothing win of their own, getting that sweet, sweet, sweet uh, revenge on an even bigger stage. Oh, yeah. Defense wins championships. Goalkeeping also wins championships. Uh, goalkeeper Emily Moore was a standout. Her, along with defenders Amelia Crawford and Jacqueline Tyrer, midfielders Jan- or midfielder Janica Senga, and forward Daniel Steer were all named to the U Sports Tournament All-Star team. Steer, who scored the only goal in both the semifinal and the final, was named the tournament MVP. On August 29th, before the season started, Liz interviewed Steer about her great 2018 season and got her thoughts about this year's team. So check that one out if you haven't done so already. And talking about Thunderbird eye bumps, that's got to be the biggest one right there. Oh, yeah. Interview women's soccer player, the star of the team before the season starts, and then they go on to win the national championship. That's pretty good stuff. Congratulations we, to us. We will be taking credit for we, that one. We Thank you. Credit for this. If, on, if only Liz was here, we could all applaud her for winning this national championship. Exactly. It wasn't quite as sunny for the men's soccer team as though they won Canada West for the third straight year. They lost in the national quarterfinals for the second season in a row. They finished the regular season 10-2-4, fairly comfortably in first place in the conference before dominating the Canada West playoffs yet again, outscoring their opponents 5-0 in their three games. Victory Shambusho led the conference in scoring with 11 goals in 17 games. At Nationals, the Thunderbirds were snakebit in front of goal, recording 44 shot attempts and 28 shots on target in the three games, but scoring just twice. They scored on 7% of their shots on target after scoring on 23% in Canada West play. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Nationals, but this men's soccer team has been really struggling the last few years to break through there. Overall, it was another strong season. You can't really look at a season where you win Canada West for the third straight year and go, oh man, what a failure. But the players will probably be disappointed that they fell short at Nationals yet again. Yeah. Speaking of disappointment, it was a season filled with growing pains for our football team in 2019. Thanks in large part to uncertainty at the sport's most important position. With Michael O'Connor warming the bench for the Argos out east, Coach Blake Nell was given the choice between two unproven rookies, Tommy Yanchuk and Gabe Olivares. Each gunslinger took their fair share of knocks as UBC navigated a rocky 2-6 and six season, but there were still some positives to be drawn along the way. At the start of the season, Thunderbirds had a an unfortunate distinction of giving up huge runs of points to their opposition, especially in the second half, 
Regina scored 31 unanswered points in the opener. The Huskies dropped 33 straight the next game. Calgary had a 47-point streak at homecoming, UBC's homecoming. And you give up 47 straight points to your opposition. Yeah, we were up 13 nothing. in How that does game. this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Bad defense oh. is the key. Uh, but things started to get a little better after Olivares took over as the primary QB. But it took until the sixth game of the season before, before the Thunderbirds got a win. Olivares threw 22 for 29 for 353 yards and a touchdown. And UBC's backfield combined for 163 yards and two rushing TDs as they beat the Regina Rams. They then got a big win against Saskatchewan, who finished second in Canada West. Wide receiver Jacob Patton was the star, recording 204 yards, the most by a Thunderbird in three years, and he also recorded a touchdown. And uh, the most in three years mark, the one three years ago, that was in overtime, correct? Yes, it was a quadruple overtime game, 53-50 over Manitoba. Yeah, and Patton did it in regulation, so incredibly impressive performance from him there. UBC then ended the season with a blowout loss in Calgary, which sucks, but... Some individuals overall were still able to shine on the season. Patton in particular, he led the conference in receiving touchdowns and was fifth in yards per game, while Nick Cross led Canada West with nearly two tackles per game. Ben Haladic also finished top five in tackles. Does Nick Cross led by two tackles per game. Oh, he led by two tackles per yes. game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two tackles per game. I mean, that's fine, but it's not really leading Canada West. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we, we acknowledge the fact that finishing last place in Canada West is less than ideal, but one positive that we can take away is that the last time UBC finished 2-6, and six, they won the Vanier Cup the next season. Mm-hmm. So, you you putting out a bold prediction for uh, 2020? You know what, Jake? Yes, I am. <laughs> They're going to win the national championship next year, Vanier Cup. We're not superstitious at all, right, guys? Yeah. This is just... Objective facts. Exactly. Objective facts. The last time they went two and six, there's a trend. We're all about patterns Statistics here in Thunderbird do not Eye. lie, to quote um, Jacob. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, on November 21st, we completed our first collab with the UBC as Corey sat down with Jacob Patton in another video interview. You can check that out in both our archives and on YouTube. Now, as usual, UBC swim teams... They're probably the most consistent and the best teams we've got in terms of just absolutely crushing it consistently. Mm -hmm. In February, both men's and women's teams won the national championship for the third year in a row. There were plenty of Thunderbirds who qualified for big meets outside of Canada and outside of U Sports. And last month, they came together once again to sweep the Canada West titles again. Marcus Thormeyer was the star of the national championships in February and was named the U Sports Male Swimmer of the Year after he set five meet records. Alex Pratt was also named Rookie of the Year. Thormeyer and Pratt then both qualified for the FINA World Championships in the summer, and Thormeyer set a Canadian record in the 100-meter backstroke at the swimming trials. They were joined in Korea by Emily Overholt, Howley Fan, Carson Olofsson, and Rabin Dahman. And at those world championships, Thormar broke the Canadian record for the 200-meter backstroke in the semifinal heat, although he did fall short in the final. Meanwhile, Overholt was part of the 4x200 relay team that won bronze and also broke the Canadian record for the event. Howley Fan also qualified for the FINA World Series swimming competition, where he won the World Series uh, bronze in the 10-kilometer open water race at a time of 2 hours, 46 minutes, and 9 seconds, 6.4 seconds behind the winner. Okay, that is insane. That's swimming for almost 3 hours in open water, <laughs> and you finish 6.5 seconds behind the winner in your third. There's just three of them yeah. right up yeah. against each other yep. for almost 3 hours, swimming through waves and currents and whatever else they're doing. I believe it was in 
So it was somewhere in the Middle East. I can't remember exactly where, but yeah, it'd be I interesting was, to see where fourth place finished. Yeah. I want to know if he was like also <laughs> part of that pack or if he was like two yeah. minutes behind. I, I can't get over that. What an incredible feat right there. <laughs> And bringing it back to Canada West, the Thunderbirds ended the year with more banners as the men won the conference title for the seventh straight year, and the women won it for the 11th straight year. Pratt won male swimmer of the meet, Dolman and Anna dumont Belanger won rookies of the meet, and Hoi Lam Karen Tam broke the Canada West record in the 50-meter butterfly. And there surely will be a few Thunderbirds at the Olympics next summer in the swimming event, so we'll definitely be updating when we can for you guys if we get news of any Thunderbirds doing well at the Olympic swimming trials or being picked to join the team. And now jumping into the world of track and field, we are starting to come towards the end of our show, so we're just going to get right into it for track and field. You could say that the entire 2019 campaign was a highlight for both the men's and women's programs. The reason being that both programs can say that they are NAIA outdoor track and field champions the first time in UBC history. The men managed to capture their second title in three years, while the women claimed their first NAIA title after finishing runners-up in 2018. Yeah, fittingly, Laurier Primo was named NAIA Coach of the Year for both the men's and women's side after leading them to the sweep. He had a pair of great teams in front of him, men's team led by Kieran Lum, who won gold in the 5,000 meter and bronze in the 1,500 meter. It was teammate Rice Kramer who took gold in the 1,500 meter. And as a whole, the men's team won the overall standings fairly comfortably in the end. On the women's side, it was much closer. And though there weren't any individual golds, there were a lot of strong performances. Enid Au and Sarah MacArthur finished second and fourth in the 5,000 meter. Rookie Trinity Hansma scored her personal best in high jump and won silver. Nicola Simmons won silver in both the 800 meter and 1,500 meter. And Michaela Tinkham won bronze in the 800 meter. Yeah, and on back on September 12th, earlier this semester, Corey had the chance to interview a race walker, Kenny Ho. That was quite a fun interview, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, say what you want about race walking. That was a really interesting interview. Uh, Kenny has raced a little bit with Team Canada back in the spring, so that's one I definitely recommend. Now we're going to look at volleyball. 2019 was a good one for women's volleyball, as for the second time in three years. They won the national championship back in March. It was a pretty wild journey, as in January, they were just 8-7, and seven, but they won seven of their last nine to finish fifth in Canada West. They then lost to Calgary in the conference semifinals, but were awarded the final spot in the national championship tournament. At Nationals, they became the first ever number eight seed to upset the number one seed as they beat Trinity Western in the quarterfinals in five sets, with each set won by just two points. They then made it to the final, where they went down 2-0 to zero to Ryerson before storming back to win three straight sets and the championship. Yeah, what a roller coaster ride for this women's volleyball team over the last couple months of the season. The star of the year, none other than Kira Van Rijk, who in just her second season won U Sports MVP, National Tournament MVP, and was named Canada West Female Athlete of the Year. In the three games at Nationals, she averaged 24 kills and 15 digs a match. That's over five kills a set, and she led Canada West last season with four and a half and upped it even more in the biggest games against the best opposition. All the times we talk about championship mentality on this show, (laughs) she is emblematic. This is who we're all striving to be. And she's living the good life right now in Italy. Yes, (laughs) playing professionally over there. Liv Furlan was the team's other star. She averaged 56 assists, 12 digs, and four blocks at Nationals. That's 12 assists per set. She was third in Canada West last season at 9.4, and the conference leader had 10.5. Again, just stepping up at the biggest time. Furlan, also an incredible 
whole playoff run for her. Mm-hmm. This season, the Thunderbirds are just 6-6, six and six, and a big reason for that is that J.D. Robertson is the only starter from last year's team that's played. Four are gone for good. Furlan has been out with a broken foot, and Tessa Davis spent a semester studying abroad. Yeah, so once... Hopefully, once we get Furlan and Davis back, this team will be pushing in the playoffs once again. We had two interviews with the women's volleyball team this year. On February 6th, Jacob spoke with Furlan. And before Van Rijk left school early to go play professionally in Europe, I interviewed her on April 24th in our last episode of last school year. And that's probably my favorite interview that I've done here at CITR. It was over half an hour long. She had some great insights on what it was like to be recruited in high school last year, or not last year, but her first year with UBC, and then also the run last year, and her time playing with Team Canada as well. Is definitely recommend checking that out. We miss you, Kira. Please come back. We wish, <laughs> come we back. wish you all the best. But <laughs> <laughs> we miss that championship mentality. Yeah. Men's team also had a pretty strong 2019. At this time last year, they were a miserable 2-10, and 10, dealing with a ton of departures like the women's team is this season. Then they turned it on in the new year, going 9-1 and one after winter break to make the playoffs, losing to eventual champions Trinity Western 2-1 to one in the best of three Canada West quarterfinal series. They started out this season very strong at 9-3, and three, and that puts them third in the conference. Matt Neves had the biggest turnaround of anyone. In his rookie year last season, he only played in two of the first 12 matches, but then came back in the new year and led the team offensively. This season, he's currently second in the conference in kills, though just just sixth in kills per set. Yeah, the team's younger players really shown some growth this year along with Neves. Second year, Michael Dalhanyak is fourth in the conference in hitting percentage at 353. Third year, Colton Liu, first in aces per set at 0.91. The next closest is all the way back at 0.67. And third year, Ben Hooker is fifth in assists per set in the conference at 8.75. So this team really improving as the year has gone on. Yeah, when we look at every game that the Thunderbirds played this season, or this year rather, including their playoff matchups, they went 19-6. and six. Uh, They ended the first half of the season on an eight-match win streak. So things are really looking good heading into 2020. Next up, we are going to briefly touch on what is coming up in the future. It is the winter break for all of our teams now. Uh, There was a basketball match, an exhibition match scheduled for the men's team to play against the Seattle Mountaineers on the 14th, but that was canceled. Uh, We would like to say, though, our next show is not going to be until January 9th, I believe, and there are going to be a couple of matches for our teams happening before that, right at the start of January. Uh, On that weekend of the 3rd and 4th, women's basketball will be in the Fraser Valley. They will be playing UFV. Women's ice hockey will be playing Calgary in Calgary. Men's ice hockey also playing Calgary, but that will be here at home. And men's basketball traveling with the women's team also playing against UFV. Uh, Those matches are on both Friday and Saturday. And then on the 9th itself, uh, probably while we will be, or right after we will be doing our show, uh, men's basketball will be playing against Trinity Western. And that will be right here at home. Yeah, but nothing until the new year. Everyone gets December off from this point unless you're not done all your exams but nice break (laughs) for our Thunderbird athletes and with that thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 besides listening to the show the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news standings and stories is to follow us on Twitter Facebook Instagram and YouTube at CITR sports we will be back in January potentially at a different time we'll see so stay tuned on our social medias for any updates on that next up on CITR is rocket from Russia at 10 a.m. for Thunderbird Eye this has been Jake 
Corey, and Nico, with contributions from Jacob Ayer, Ben Nelson, and Byron and Alan Wang. We'll catch you in the new year. And until then, you can check us out on iTunes at Thunder Red Eye. Thank you for tuning in, and happy holidays.